Hello and welcome back to the Rosbreak Podcast. For those who don't know, I run a grappling tournament known as Cleos Grappling and we have our next event on the 21st and 22nd of September. Uh, it's a no-gi event. Uh, we run repercharge brackets so you get at least two fights. We have cool custom medals. We give out these epic Warhammer trophies for the absolute divisions. Um, so yeah, if you're thinking about doing a no-gi competition in the next couple of months, then uh, go check it out. Uh, best way to find us is on Facebook. Just search for Cleos Grappling. That's Cleos spelled K-L-E-O-S Grappling. Uh, or you can go and register straight away at cleos15.eventbrite.co.uk. And yeah, hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. Today I'm joined by Klaus of the Black Vikings Movement. I was introduced to Klaus by the guys down at Legion Wrestling, where he is the strength and conditioning coach. Very, very interesting guy straight away. After doing a little bit of research on him, I immediately wanted to get him onto the podcast to talk about everything that he's doing. He, he, he's he got these things called the sagas, these seven seemingly impossible tasks that he's set himself to complete um, in order to become a, uh, a Black Viking. And uh, yeah, they're they're just absolutely crazy. Very, very interesting, unique guy with a really interesting philosophy on training and on life. So really, really glad that I got him on the podcast. Really enjoyed the conversation and I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Check it out. So firstly, Klaus, thank you very much for joining me. No worries. Thank you for having me. Um, let's just get straight into it. Uh, I need some clarification first. Mm -hmm. So are you the Black Viking or is the Black Vikings a group of people? Are you the leader or promoter of it? So how does it work? Um, I guess I've, I've always said that no one is a Black Viking uh -huh. until they complete the sagas. Okay. All the sagas. Okay. So essentially... So the Black... Black, the black it's, not, it's not a Black... It's not the Black Viking. It's the Black Vikings as a movement. It's the Black Vikings as a movement. Okay. Although... There are none okay. at the moment. Okay, including this, yourself. Yes, Okay. that's another point. There okay. will be yes. black Vikings. So you're just spearheading this movement. I'm just setting the blueprint. Okay, okay. But so, I need to complete it myself. Okay, so, so talk to me about, firstly, because I love the name. Yeah, thank you. When <laughs> I, I, met, I met you a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. You're down and you got the, you got the hoodie on. You're down yeah, at Legion, Legion. Wrestling. Yeah. You're the strength and conditioning coach, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So I was down there and I've been doing some training with Amir and the guys yeah. there. And he introduced me to you. He goes, yeah. this is Klaus. He's the Black Viking. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm in. It sounds <laughs> awesome. So firstly, kind of, how'd you come up with the name? Uh, generally, like my name sounds quite Germanic. Yes. Uh, Klaus Johannes. And, Do you uh, have any background, uh, Germanic background? Or? Uh, no, it was my father named me after a German actor called okay. Klaus Kinski. I was named after Klaus Kinski. Uh -huh. And uh, my surname is from my country in Eritrea. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I love training in the cold. I have axes on my walls. Uh, so did you just feel like an affinity to the... To, to the Norse um, culture or not really I mean I, I appreciate any warrior culture yeah, you know any yeah. I love history I've yeah. always been a great fan of history but essentially it was just what a friend said to me one day he was like you know are you sure you're even African you're like a black <laughs> you're like a black oh, Viking someone else said it yeah, yeah. Like, that's got a like, ring to it I was like black <laughs> Viking and I thought that's two words almost like an oxymoron it two is words 100%, you don't expect 100% yeah and so I googled it yeah and uh, a guy came up and it was oh, four really? hole, the black. 
And I was like, there was sure. a, so there was well, a. I said, four hold the black. Yeah. So I researched them, and it was called four hold the black Viking, also four hold the hunter. Yeah. Now I four looked hold. into it. I don't think he was black, as in of African descent, mm. but uh, more of complexion, like mm. maybe darker skin, a little bit darker hair. But I didn't matter. I loved just the conception mm. of it, you know. And so I kept with it, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure until all the racist comments started coming in. Okay, and uh, all the racist comments started coming in on Instagram. Okay, now so what sort of uh, just silly things from some stuff quite valid, but yeah. they were like, "Oh, you know, there will only ever be there will never black Vikings. There will never be black Vikings. It's only white, you know, like that along those lines." But it, and, you know, uh, you're, you're really taking things to face value when you say those sort of things, don't is, you? Which is, you know, it's it's you're not getting very deep into it, and kind of no, that's where you're going with it. I mean, my my reasoning was almost like you know, there's a group, uh, the Black Zillions, yeah. you know, and you got Paddy Power, you know. Mm-hmm. Now I'm pretty sure I've been into Paddy Power a couple of times with friends, and most of it's full of Asians. Yeah, nobody says nothing about that. Yeah, you know, and yeah. black zillions. I'm pretty sure they got a few white people in the group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody says anything about that. It's just a name. But. So, so I wasn't sure anyway. Yeah, until I saw all this animosity come away, and then I was like, okay, this is the name. <laughs> just that. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, but it's that. It's the fact that my whole premise was I want to provoke change in people. Yes. The only way I can provoke change, I have to provoke some kind of reaction in you, whether positive, negative, it doesn't matter. Mm. It provokes something that is the right name. And mm. then I stuck to it. Wow. You know, and that was the whole story behind the name. Yeah. So yeah. were you um you know, I already mentioned briefly mm. that you uh, work as a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. So were you doing sort of so so if you had to sum up because mm. uh, we're going to go really into it a lot more yeah. as we go through the rest of this podcast. But can you sum up just at the beginning what the Black Viking movement is? Uh, I've always said the Black Vikings essentially is the movements, which are basically a coordinate set of movements that I've created. No, I wouldn't say created more. You mean fi- these are physical movements? Or? Physical uh-huh. movements that I've taken from, for example, looking at wrestling. Mm. and Because I used to do wrestling, so I... I took a lot of elements of that and put them into movements that you could do with battle ropes, kettlebells, some stuff based on other stuff. I would look at MMA fights mm. and just see, analyze their movements and then translated those in movements that maybe people that wouldn't go and do those, you know, wouldn't want to go into a cage, yeah. or wouldn't want to go onto the mat and wrestle, but could still benefit from the benefits those. From, yeah. And at the same time, could also benefit wrestlers, you know, or grapplers, you know, rather than just doing a bend over row, mm. why not do a duck under rope pull, mm. you know, which is, you know, to to better perfect your technique for duck unders, yeah. do a duck under rope pull, don't just do a bend over row, yeah. you know, and so I try to make it as specific to the sport as possible. And then, to be honest, from there, they became something else, they transcended, I worked on flows, so movements were flowing into each other, and yeah, so it's the movements, mm. but also giving people the license to experiment mm. you know like yes i think in training a lot of most people go okay this is what you do it's been proven and tested mm-hmm. but those movements which have been proven and tested were only proven and tested by men before you that had the balls to go out and just try something yes so why don't you yes those are valid movements doesn't mean it ends here mm. you can go experiment develop you know how what is the point of being human if you don't experiment with your body and figure out what you can do or what you can't? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? 
I mean, I got a few injuries from yeah. my stuff. We're going to talk about that, some yeah. of those in a bit, yeah. yeah but, but no, I, I couldn't agree anymore. Yeah. Um, this is something, you know, I, I, I've had a relatively long journey mm. uh, in the world of strength training or strength mm. conditioning training myself. I've been uh, lifting weights in some form or another mm. for maybe 10, 11, 12 years now. Mm. Uh, and the, my philosophies in tra training have changed a lot. Yeah. And now more than ever, you know, I, I right now I... Uh, connect with what you're saying mm. more than I ever have mm. that you should yes there are things that are very beneficial yes, yes there are things that are time proven mm. and they're you know sh the gold standard of strength training mm. but at the same time there are so many movements that you should explore that you yeah. that, you know there's so much versatility mm. in the human body you can't just train every aspect of a human body with three exercises or I, 10 exercises or a thousand yeah. exercises you know you can do small things to change everything I mean, and check, you, check have, in different ways at the moment I have my niece and my nephew uh -huh. you know uh, the house with me my niece is five years old my nephew is just over two years old mm. nobody has had to teach them how to move yeah they're literally discovering it every day when i look at them mm. and i study them the way they move and they learn and i can see the process of learning every time my nephew does something and it doesn't feel right and messes up and he stops and he learns and yeah. he tries something else he tries it in a different way but it, and i'm not saying I wouldn't advocate for a beginner in fitness to come in and start experimenting. No, yes. learn the basics. Yes, 100%. Learn the basics. 100%. But once you've learned them, you've got to transcend that. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, what is what, what are, the whole point of humanity is three-dimensional movement. You must move. That cannot be taught to you. Every unique, everybody is unique in their, in their makeup. Well, yes, we're all human beings, but some people's hips are more flexible than others. 100%. Their joints align in a different way. The only way you're going to find out what works for you is through a process of experimentation. Mm. Yeah, I th I, again, I, yeah, preaching to the choir here, yeah. could, couldn't agree anymore. So, uh, okay, yeah, so you had the movements, you had the flows, yeah, yeah kind of continuum. So the, the movements was part of it. The And I've always said the, the mantras, which basically means the embracement, the, the embracement of struggle, of struggle, suffering, and mm. toil, hard work. Now, if I was trying to advocate this in a third world country, yeah. it would be pointless. Yeah. They have enough, they have of, enough of it. But the point is, in this society, in the way we live, we have been, we have no struggle. Yes. So when you have no struggle, you must impose struggle upon mm -hmm. yourself because we can only grow from struggle. Yes. And so when I say you have to go out of your way to seek it because they, it has been taken away from you. We live in a society that's here to make us as comfortable as we can be yes and through that comfortableness you, you get weak yeah mm. and you become dependent on these things so that when you do feel a little bit of struggle it breaks people mm. but it's like what have you really felt so the whole point was to tell people yes embrace struggle but not you know like i see so many people on instagram post warrior stuff on a workout and it's like yes that's cool if you do warrior shit in a workout it is good but it's far better to live a warrior life. You can't just, mm. warrior needs to, that warrior thing needs to leak into every facet of your life. Everything. Only then can it really transcend into something yes. bigger. So I basically, I took it on, I started with cold baths every morning. Every cold baths? Yeah, every morning. Cold baths, sit in there for 10 minutes, wow. read a book. Read a book for 10 minutes. What, and not just read the words. Yeah. 
absorb properly. these words so that I understood what it meant. You know, I'm going to let you carry on with that, but yeah. I want to just jump in there because yeah. the, the cold um, exposure yeah. training stuff is something that I'm quite interested in. Yeah. Um, it's the worst for me in the morning, I'm sure it's for everyone yeah, else, which is why that's yeah. when you're meant to do it. But yeah. just out of interest, talking about the cold baths, did yeah. you, you know, how long have you been doing them for? Uh, I mean, I've stopped since I've come out of hospital. Yeah. I, have, I haven't been doing them, but... Well, how uh, long were I, you doing them for? I did it for four years. Four years, wow. Yeah. And... Um, what sort of benefit did you find from the cold baths? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I also while I was doing the cold baths, every pretty much every week, almost every week, uh, we used to train outdoors, outside, sun, rain, snow, whatever. And I used to train at the most with a t-shirt, never mm. more. Le- most did, did, times. Did you feel like uh, the cold exposure training was increasing your tolerance to cold? Uh, well, I never got a, I never okay. got sick from it. I was able to go out in a t-shirt. I felt fine. And uh, I mean, generally, I responded very well to it, mm. but it took a while. Okay, how long? Uh, People say normally a couple of weeks. Uh, it took longer for uh-huh. me, you know. But I couldn't right now. I couldn't remember. But I remember the the transitionary period. Mm. It was quite hard, you know. Yeah. And then after a point, to be honest, I used to go out. And in, I mean, I remember one one time in around December time, I trained. Uh, I trained. Uh, it was snow, mm. like ice, and we mm. used to train on a sandpit. Mm-hmm. And the sandpit was covered with snow. And do you know what happened to snow? What happens to sand when it's mixed with snow? Go it on. becomes like glass. Yeah. Essentially, it's glass. Yeah. It just scars you, literally really? scratch me everywhere. And it wasn't that bad. Wow. It wasn't that bad. I'm not going to say it was nice, yeah. but it wasn't that bad. And if I thought about it years ago, I would never have been able to do that. You might have given me some motivation to run myself a, a cold bath for next mo- for tomorrow yeah. morning. I say start, I'm gonna start give with a go. showers. I'm gonna give. Do you know what? Yeah. I've, I used to do um, when I was training. Uh, when I first started training twice mm. a day, so I was probably about sixteen or seventeen years old, mm. and I was rolling. Uh, no, I think I was about sixteen, and I started doing strength conditioning with uh, got, with Jude Samuels. Do you know Jude? Okay. Uh, no. So he's affiliated yeah. to, to Legion actually now. Okay. They're in Glorious mm. Grapplers, yeah. uh, and Jude. Um, uh, I think I probably spoke about this during uh, my podcast with him, which was like episode three or mm. something years ago. Uh, but he was sort of the first person that actually got me into strength and conditioning, okay. not just lifting, but strength and conditioning. He mm. wanted to help train me for the world championships that year. So he got me to come and he just trained me in uh, mm. doing conditioning movements twice a week. And it was the first time that I'd ever uh, trained more than once a day. Mm. And I was doing, I was, so I was at school, go straight to Jude. Mm. Uh, this was twice a week, do the strength and conditioning, which was just brutal. You know, mm-hmm. he would have these horrible mm-hmm. warm ups regardless. Mm-hmm. So when he was, he would just beast me, you know, mm-hmm. and then go home, have a cold, cold bath, and then go and do my second mm-hmm. training session. To, and that allowed me, really helped yeah. me with my recovery. And it also helped with recovery. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, I always found that mm-hmm. quite easy to do compared to cold shower. I found worse. You know, it's almost like it's shocking as it hits you sort of dynamically, whereas you just get into a bath. And so I think I might. I've tried a few times to start with cold showers, and I find them hard. So I think I, I might, mean, I think I might try and start with a bath. Start with a bath. The most important thing I would say is, uh, I mean, I remember when I, I remember some bad sessions doing the cold baths, and yeah. then some where I was completely at ease. Yeah. And Ten minutes finished, and I was like, wow, I could do more. Yeah. You know, and uh, generally the ones where I struggled was unable to uh, to gain control of my breathing. Breathing, yeah, it's breathing, a massive thing. Massive, huge. That's a whole Wim Wim Hof. Thing yeah, have you exactly. done much? Yeah. Uh, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. I've been, a lot of people have told me about it mainly because it's of another the cold thing shower I talk about do. all the time, but uh, haven't yeah. done yeah. But it's all yeah. It's all brief. The breathing, breathing is very important. 
very important. Okay, so carry on. You're on the cold cold baths. Keep going there. Yeah. So it was really it was the embracement, uh, the embracing of str- of struggle, and started with the cold baths, then started with uh, the training outside outdoors. You know, it's uh, I always said, you know, like it is pointless to, you know, you see people talk about beast mode and things like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, you if you can't be a beast in a centrally regulated heated mm. environment yeah you know with nice shoes on a nice even floor yeah like you want to test yourself how much of a beast you are train outdoors in winter mm. that's when you find out what you have that's when you find out really what you're capable of yeah so it was basically training through there and and what we do i mean i've got tons of equipment that i've amassed through the years and uh i mean we would train i remember we would we would have to carry everything from my flat the den you know, we would have to carry from there to Shoreditch Park, which yeah. was about a 10-minute journey. But you're lugging uh, kettlebells, sandbags, everything. Slam balls, 75, yeah. 50 kilo slam balls, uh, you know, like hammers, huge hammers, just shields. That's your like, warm-up warm up already. And the way I, I used to sell it to people is for four years, I said to everyone on Instagram, I was like, I'll train anybody for free. Yeah. Anybody for free. You've got equi- access to equipment that you would not find in normal gyms. Yeah. I'll train anybody for free. All I ask is that you come, you help me carry the equipment yeah. from the den to the to the to the sandpit. Uh-huh. We train, you bring it back. You don't pay me a penny. Mm. And when I tell you, maybe so many people inquired. Mm. Half of them, <laughs> half of them yeah. attended, and half of those remained. Yeah, you know, it was just whittling down very quickly. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, you realize it's just that people avoid struggle mm. as much as they can, but yet they want change. Everybody wants change. Everybody wants something positive into their into their lives, mm. but nothing is handed to you. That's the whole thing. It's uh, if you want an extreme result. Then you need to put in an extreme amount of work. You know, what you is your do effort? extreme things. So. I mean, I, and I'm I'm the first one to admit guilt because I was like that for years. You yeah. know, I tried back Vikings for almost a decade. You know, yeah. and and I was pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and and I would complain and bitch and I'd be like, oh, you know, nothing happened. All that moaning mm. crap. And but then if I reflect back now, it's like, what did I really offer? Mm. When I say offer, what did you put up on the you know, on the altar to say, okay, this is what I'm willing to give. Mm. I gave nothing. You know, everything I did was well within my comfort zone. Yeah. And the only time that Black Viking got some traction mm. is when I offered blood. Mm. And that's the point, is that you have, what are you willing to give? If you really want this thing to happen, it's going to require more than you printing a couple of t-shirts and promoting my brand mm. or you posting a couple of pictures on Instagram. Yeah, here we go. We're doing the work. No, give more than that. More than that. So let's go on to that. Let's segue mm. on to that. Um, because that's a great that's a great transition mm. into it. You say the only time where the black Viking movement started to get mm. traction is very recently mm. when you offered blood. Now, mm. if we go into what that you actually mean by that, mm. uh, do you want to explain what you mean by that? Uh, well, I mean, I, I created uh, the Seven Sagas. Yeah. So this, then, firstly, I think is yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're so cool. Yeah. You know, like I'm a big fan of of uh, of Norse mythology yeah. and of the Viking culture yeah. and Norse culture and all that stuff. So, the so so first, explain what what is a saga? A saga essentially, I mean, I could go so much into this, but Please the saga do. is uh, essentially it's it's a metamorphosis. You know, it's a it's a process of change. But I always say to people that 
people do not change willingly. Mm. They have to have no other recourse, no other escape, no more excuses left. And then they can begin the process of change. But for that to happen, you have to go through shit. You have to crawl through a river of shit. And then halfway through, you're going to ask yourself, you know, do I have it to carry on? Some people quit and that's fine. And you go back to what your life was before. But if you're willing to go on after that, well, then really real change begins, mm. you know, but it's not a pleasant thing. You know, mm. it's, it is bloody, it is hard, it's horrible. And so when I created these sagas, I, I said that, you know, I, I complained my, my life before beginning those as a worm, you know, and, and it's not as bad as it sounds, but essentially a worm, you know, it's also has a, a journey of, trans- of yes. uh, metamorphosis, you know. But it's the lowest. At the lowest base, it is a worm. Mm. But it can be something better. But for it to go through that, it has to go through this journey. Mm. And so the whole, the whole premise of the saga was for me to get out of my comfort zone into something I cannot control. Yeah, you know, and and to go through it. And the sagas. I mean, each saga is performed three times, three mm. attempts. And the reason for that. It stems from uh, the cold baths, the same mentality. When people go into a cold bath or into a cold water, whatever, nobody, hardly anybody, dives in. Mm. Most people put their toe in, test the water, then maybe their foot, then maybe splash it on themselves because it is their cautious element. So the same thing with the sagas. The first attempt, test the water. Second one, push that further, you know, put your leg in. Mm. And on the third one, really go all out, dive in. And uh, so I did... Uh, I mean, I did the first saga was the death march. Okay. Now the death march consisted. I started it maybe two, I think two years ago, and it consisted of me carrying a forty kilo sandbag. Yeah. Through central London, uh, on Christmas Day. Okay. At uh, I think it was eight a.m. in the so morning. So that was that was the reason for that was that it was cold. Basically, also I loved the idea. That while I'm doing that, Everyone people else is, are at home uh-huh. eating stuff in their faces, yeah. relaxing. Okay. And I love that idea. You just the wanted to guilt trip everyone. Yeah. It no, is great. Well, I, not I, even, but most, you <laughs> know, like. I understand. I always said, you know, I had to put, I, there was a period where in my life where I could only have electricity in my house yeah. for three days a week, in my mm. flat, three days uh-huh. a week. I could only eat every other day, you know, and, and there was all these struggles that I was putting up with and they were hard, you know, and, and the only way I could put up with this stuff is I had to add some meaning to it. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just suffering for no point. Sure. So my meaning was that, you know what, I'm on a path, on a journey. Yeah. And the journey, the quest is to create something. And when I added that journey element to it, that story, mm. I was found that it was beautiful, knowing that, I'm, that what I was going through would break yeah. other people. Yeah. Other people would be, oh my God, I don't know what to do. But I was dealing with it, training you know, doing everything that everybody was doing. But then I would go home and I had to face this struggle. Mm. And I had, I mean, I had no, t- I lived uh, even to this day. I have no TV at home. Mm. I have none of these luxurious comforts in my living room. It is a gym. In my bedroom, it is, it's a bed and a wardrobe. That's about it. And I lived like that for many, many years, you know. Mm. But so I, I, that idea just gave me. So it's the same thing with the sagas, you know, yeah. to do it on Christmas Day yeah. when everybody's relaxing. It and gives an, an, another meaning yes. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it was it was a 40 kilo sandbag. 40 kilo sandbag. 
over over the shoulder over the shoulder and for how um, long for how long uh 7.2 miles but to be honest i mean i <sighs> i came back it took two and a half hours it wasn't that hard i mean i was okay. in the gym okay i was in the gym i think two days after okay and we did it in two and a half hours it wasn't that so it that was bad. but but you're saying you know first you're dipping your toes in yeah exactly. so it but shouldn't have been that hard no but you're i mean your toes in. in my head i didn't at the you time it was i didn't think hard? i was okay. dip, i didn't think i was dipping my toes in i thought, you I was thought this going was in. gonna be tough you yeah. never know it's such right? an it's such a ridiculous thing you That's don't know it. what it's gonna exactly. be like and nobody yeah. really tested it before so i don't know so what so what was the leg uh, all the leg in there uh well that's the second I went, part i went last christmas so the christmas had just okay. passed uh 60 kilo sandbag okay uh, that was hard I okay so that's 60 yeah. kilo sandbag yeah. on christmas day again yeah through the center of london yeah, rainy for 7.2 miles yeah took okay. three and a half hours okay which doesn't sound that long but i mean it was hard right? yeah. my fingers like we're in bed, the bottom of my feet. I had my friend with me. Yeah, you know, walking with me. Yeah, but he but was not like, carrying anything. He refused. Yeah, to. he said no. And to be honest, I was happy. Yeah, because I was like, you had someone who could. <laughs> yeah, after I was, you a I was, bit I was happy that he refused so okay. firmly. You okay, know? okay. He complained that oh no, I got back issues. So anyway, that gave you more yeah, energy like, to do I'm it. I'm stuck okay. on my own. Yeah, that's it. Okay, you know, I was like, and I, if anyone, if you know anyone that knows me, will tell you, I hate, I hate with a passion losing equipment mm. so there was no you, you were going to leave the no, sandbag I, anywhere <laughs> I was like, i'm not going to lose that sand I, i'm going to need that for training so there was no chance so it's like i knew i was going to do it it was just am i going to come back home in the morning in the afternoon or the evening basically yeah. so it doesn't sound like a big difference does it the, an hour. 40 kilos and uh, uh 60 kilos two and a half hours three, three and, and a half, half hours yeah. but you're saying there's yeah. a big difference there oh, massive did massive. that take you by surprise were you expecting it to be easier because you 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 kind of were surprised how easy the first one was yeah so when you went to do the second one you're mm. thinking that's eh, a little bit heavier might take me a bit longer shouldn't be too hard to be honest as soon as i picked it up i i, I said to my friend I've this is different <laughs> I, I, like, I, fucked up. I think i've gone too heavy i don't think it can be done but it but when, you know as soon as i said that I turned around and I looked at him, and he he had this phone, yeah. my phone, on yeah. Instagram Live. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck, I gotta do this wow. now. So like, and that's the thing. That's one thing I do. I set these sagas, and then I speak them. Yes, because I know myself, and once I speak them, then they come into into life. Yeah, I can't back away from yeah, that because yeah. it's the appearance once you put it of out it. In the universe, yes, it's too so late. Yeah. One thing I always said is, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll post it, and I'll say. Let future class worry about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then future class has to just deal with <laughs> he's it. Got, you know? He's got to do like, that shit. You know, so uh, when you were building this first saga, the Death March, yeah. um, did did you, when you started with 40 kilos, did you already know that the next one was going to be 60 no, kilos? I mean, the so saga, everything. It kind of, it, 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 it grew organically. So yeah. you knew that it was going to be yeah. three phases. Yeah. You knew the first one was the 40 kilo, 7.2 yeah. miles. Mm. And then... And then it just, okay, I'm going to go 20 kilos more. I mean, to be honest, I, one thing I, I've always said is with the whole Black Viking movement, the sagas, everything, I've purposely didn't set anything down. You know, I wanted it to grow organically, organically okay, yeah. you know, to become its own thing. Mm. I didn't want to direct it in one way or the other. Okay. So you with just the sagas, the seed, right? Yeah. yeah. So with the sagas, it naturally became free attempts. Yeah. I just naturally found okay. that me personally as a human being, I'm very cautious in the beginning. So I have to push that envelope out every single attempt. And uh, and then really 
when I ended up in hospital, I was like, oh, I think that's the limit. I pushed it to the limit. <laughs> so let's limit get on to that. We've been alluding anyway. it to a while. Yeah. So you you did the second uh, the second phase, yeah. the whole leg in the water, and yeah. that was the sixty kilo bag. Yeah. 7.2 miles mm. and then finally your third and the final one that the, the main death march was yeah. what it was uh the the sleeper railway sleeper so, so that's it a, it's a massive bit of wood yeah, yeah carried in a crucifix position so over the shoulders yeah but the problem is is the size it's of it. too big it's well it was very high to begin with my it's hands were very big, high man. it was very wide yes. so my neck was pushed forward my hands were pulled back and, in, ter uh, in, ter in terms of um, bearing the weight, it's mm. an effective way to do it. But the, the, the awkwardness and the shape of it yeah. makes it, well, as it turned out to be dangerous. Yeah. You know, I mean, very dangerous. It's, uh, it's also the way, because initially when I when we started walking, the way I would pick it up is almost like, a, what do you call it? Stein, stein, yes. Stein left Steinburn. Yes. Yeah, uh, Steinborn, sorry. So yeah. you would so uh, have it up side. on one side and yeah. almost Get myself into, into position, a squat. Put, yeah. But the problem is, as I did that, because it's so wide, yes, like it would sit close to my neck, so yeah. I had to kind of like jump with it and pull it back, you yeah. know. And so every time I was doing, it, I was just bouncing on my neck. <sighs> so first, let's talk about mm. now. Now, it was seven point two miles again. Yeah, how long did it take you? <laughs> Nine hours forty six <sighs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. A lot different from three, three and a half hours. And uh. just to add more to this, this was. It was 60 kilos again, but it's this big, awkward, huge well, piece I think, of wood. You know what it is? Like the other day, I went home and I picked it up. And I think, I don't know if it's somewhere between 45 and 60. Okay. My friend said it was 60, but I picked it up. I'm not. I've sure. seen the size of it. I would, yeah. I would definitely lean more towards 60 yeah. than 40. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge yeah. piece of wood. Yeah. Um, uh, it literally looks like what they would build one cross yeah, of, a cru yeah. of a crucifix. I mean, it's it. quite literally. dense. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. But you were doing this bare-chested, yeah, and barefooted. Yeah, yeah. Why you got to make it even harder, Klaus? <laughs> why, why barefoot? Because I said this, so I have to go with it. <laughs> no, but essentially, you know, like when I when I, uh, you know, okay. So I finished the the sandbag one, mm. and I went back to Legion, and uh, the class that I teach, one of the students in it was like. Uh, Oh, you know, well done on the sandbag. It's amazing, you know, because uh, it's crazy. It was almost like Jesus's mm. uh, crucifixion, you know. And, I, and then I was thinking about that, and and it stuck in my head. It was this I, kid's fault, though. And I, yeah, well, <laughs> I said to him that anyway. But but I so say it was in my head, you know. And I was thinking about it, and I wasn't really, you know, I just thought to myself, maybe at one point in the future. I mean, I had other ideas. Another idea was I was gonna do basically get a big bag, just put shitloads of food in it mm. and do and carry food 60 mm. kilo bag of food and take it to the homeless mm. and with every bit of food that i give out my load lightens. We'll get light. okay. so i thought about that kind of thing so i was entertaining that yeah. idea and then this crucifixion idea came into my head and i was really wasn't sure until uh amir was like all right we need to raise money for the refurbishment yeah. and so i was like okay i, I couldn't give money i don't yeah. have you know money you know but I didn't have money at the time. And so I thought, okay, well, what better to give than to give of yourself? You know, yeah. so I was like, all right, I'll do, I'll do the crucifixion march to raise money for Legion. Mm. And also to test myself and develop the sagas further. Yeah. And so it all started from that, really. So um, you did, you managed to walk the 7.2 miles. Yeah, I did. It took nine. Nine hours, 46 minutes. Nine, almost five hours, uh, 10 hours, sorry. Yeah. Barefooted, bare chest. Yeah. And 
the, the you know and we we said it a few times but you ended up in hospital because mm. the sleeper was basically pushing into your mm. spine yeah, in your neck. neck yeah so it spine. gave you nerve damage or disc uh, damage or basically had a mild a fracture at the back and then uh, what kind what kind of what uh, what kind of fracture is it? Was it is it like a crushing fracture, or uh, I, I, I'm not sure. Or do you think like just one of the times I you were moving it, it, it just uh, the force of that. Yeah. But also uh, one disc, one of my discs pushed into my spinal cord, and the other one behind, underneath it was following in, <sighs> and they pinched. Also, they pinched on the nerve, which obviously supplied, you know, my hands and my arms. Did you feel that whilst you were doing it? To be honest, I. You know, like uh, the doctor after said, you know, when your arms went numb, that's when that would have happened. And he asked me, when did your arms go numb? And I told him, well, they went numb when I reached embankment. And he said, how long was that into the journey? And I said, well, that was probably about an hour and a half. Into said, the journey? Yeah. So I carried on for another eight hours and 16 minutes. So your, your arms were still functional? No. I mean, basically, I couldn't feel anything. You could move I, them. You could put the thing at on. At embankment, you. just about to there. So Once did you? So you knew square, early that you oh, yeah. fucked yourself up. I mean, the thing is, I honestly, to be honest, I thought it was my shoulders. I didn't think for a second it was my neck because I had no pain. Mm. My only symptoms was the fact that every, I had the pins and needles. Yeah. And so, in fact, I kept saying, "One second, let me move my arms." Yeah. I thought it was like a dead arm, you know, and um, because it's such a weird thing, you've never done it before. No, you don't know what the effect no, is on your body. No, I thought it was literally a dead arm, and then I noticed. When I got to Trafalgar, Tottenham Court Road, I was like, okay, this thing is not going away. If anything, it's getting worse. Yeah. Because at Tottenham Court Road, I couldn't even lift my arms anymore. So they had to lift my arms. I had two people with me, yeah. three people. And uh, they had to lift my arms, put them on the log, and then tell me that your hands are now touching the log. You couldn't because feel? I couldn't oh. feel. I lost the sensation, sensation. of touch. Wow. And, uh, and then, yeah. And then, to be honest, I mean, it would go hard because... That was the real test because by that point, the members of the public were being very concerned. Mm. And so the people with me were feeling really guilty. And and so they were like, oh, Klaus, you know, I think it's best we stop. You know, you've come far enough. You've done well. And so that was a real test because obviously the worm within me was like, yeah, I'm sure I've done enough. You yeah. know, like I could stop now. And then there's the other part of me that was like, no, you know, I was like, You've come you know, this you've, far. Yeah, yeah, I was like, whatever damage is done is done anyway. <laughs> I was like, so now what? Just You're going to die two deaths. Yeah. I was like, just let's just finish it. Wow. And so we did it. And, you know, and how did it know, feel when you finished it? Oh, amazing. Really? You know, the most amazing thing I ever felt. You know, like really? when I got to Holborn, I mean, I, you know, like I left at 11 o'clock. And when I got to Holborn, in the, 11, in in the, the morning, morning mm. when I got to Holborn, which isn't even that far, really, but when I got to Holborn, it was it was night, yeah. and uh, and I was bare chested, no shoes. I started hyperventilating from the cold, wow. and I couldn't control my breath. And uh, one of my friends was there, you know, trying to get me to control my breathing yeah. and stuff, and I couldn't do it. So in the end, they put a jumper on me, and, uh, and it was like, okay, breathe, relax. And so finally, managed to control my breathing, and then we headed out again. And I, along this journey, bro, I met so many characters. Really. Right? Like what I mean, was what was the reaction from the public? Because it's uh, a very good. it's a very um, yeah. visual oh, spectacle. Yeah. 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 You're watching a, a man yeah. bare yeah. chest, barefoot, yeah. 
Mm. And and it you know you call it the crucifixion, but like that. yeah, <laughs> carrying you know yeah. literally looked like he's crucifying himself yeah. as he walks through yeah. London, and probably yeah. you know you your feet were bleeding, your back yeah. was bleeding, you were yeah. cut up, and yeah. yeah, what was the reaction like from? from I mean, it's also, you must have turned you know, heads like, everywhere you went. Yeah. yeah, and also you know when when we left initially, there were meant to be two chains yeah. attached okay. to the to the log, and uh, we put two chains initially. But the thing is, we found I walked for a bit, but the swing, the mm -hmm. ch chains weighed 12 kilos each. Yeah. The swing of them was just... It throws off the inertia completely. completely, yeah. So my friend said, let's just wrap them around the log. So we're like, all right, cool, let's try that. We wrapped them around and I walked for about probably five minutes. Yeah. And so that would have taken the weight, God knows, near the 70s, 80s. Yeah. And I walked for a bit. And the thing is, I found that I needed to rest. But if I need to rest, I need to pull the log down. And then and the, the chain, chain. would slide out and hit you in the face. <laughs> so we're like, okay, this is not applicable. Not we don't work. need the chains. Yeah. We've, we've got enough going yeah. on here. Yeah. So my friends were like, okay, look, we're just going to carry the chains. So yeah. they carried them. So as we walked anyway, and you can hear in some of the videos, the chains were clung together, you know, and they were made. As they were walking. As we, yeah, as they were walking, and I'm walking like this. It's like a rhythm, so it's, almost like a drumming. Yeah, yeah, so it became like a, a bell, you know. Yeah. And the, and the earest, the weirdest part was in uh, when we reached the embankment yeah because uh, all of a sudden we're walking and then this guy that's playing the bagpipes wow it's like uh starts following us yeah and uh, he starts playing the bagpipes and every time i'm carrying it he plays the bagpipes and when i drop it to rest he stops wow. and every time he stopped i mean there was hundreds of people at embankment and when he stopped like when i say silence you wow. could hear a pin drop everybody with their phones out recording and uh, and then i will pick up the log again and he will play and he, he took me all the way down almost all of embankment which was a massive help because i was struggling at yeah. that point and uh, and then yeah, really cool. then we met there was an old woman at uh, how near almost like just above on top of houses of parliament by one of the monuments and she came over and she was like is he okay and she was being really nice with me and everything then uh, past that, we got to Chicago, we met the Irish people. Yeah. And they were like, you know, oh, Jesus loves you. you yeah. Know, like just positive vibes. Then, Did uh, people assume that it was a religious uh, protest <laughs> or... Uh, the police or, did. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. The police were like, uh, they, w they were asking if it was a stand on slavery. Yeah. If it was... Uh, you know about what uh, did you say to him? You just like uh, no, I'm just Friday because it happened yeah. just before Good Friday. Did you just say uh, I'm just doing it because it sucks? I didn't say shit. <laughs> I was lying on the floor, man. <laughs> but the people that I was with, did they explain what was? What they was happening? they yeah. showed them the Instagram page mm. and explained what what I was trying to do, and then they were like, "Look, you know, they came over to see if I was okay." I was like, I'm "This good. was the police, yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah. I mean, they were very good, you know. Yeah. And then uh, they radioed ahead. To all the police so everyone knows and yeah so they're aware there's a there's a madman coming by <laughs> with a log and uh yeah generally it was good every now and then there was a guy i think there was one one or two guys driving by in a car shot his wine car oh well, yeah that's london sounds about right yeah, yeah. London, yeah. <laughs> and then uh yeah mostly it was good there was a when i got to tottenham court road there was a an asian girl with her boyfriend yeah and uh, they were like giving me water, following me. You know? yeah. I know it was it was surreal, you know. It's, it's what a met crazy some SAS yeah. dudes. Really? Yeah, they were like they were impressed. You yeah. know? They were like, you know, keep going. So generally, it was always good. But uh, wow, yeah. what a crazy experience! So unfortunately, you did 
end up damaging yourself quite yeah. badly. So let's go through that. Um, you know, when you say you gave blood, mm. you know, physically you gave blood, but really you're talking about this, the, the, the basically semi paralysis that you had. Yeah. In, well, I gave two discs. I don't have them anymore. They took them out. Yeah, uh, discorrectomy? Uh, basically, they took two discs. They put a plate. Wow. That's sitting there waiting for the bone to fuse. In, on the back or the front? At the front. Really? Yeah. So do you have a metal throat now? No, no. I think the front is fine. It's just they on the side. In, yeah. In through there. I don't know if I'm thinking a metal throat could be very useful in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, wow. So, so you had some quite really significant injuries when yeah. uh, uh, significant surgeries. Yeah. When you're talking about operating around uh, the spine in general, yeah. but around the throat as well, yeah. with some really big, uh, very, I mean, very important. Was, I mean, when uh, also you know, like after the after it happened, I mean, I came back home. I couldn't eat. I wanted to eat, but my friend had to feed me. And then there so were you like, couldn't eat uh, because you couldn't move your arms. Yeah. So good. when did you go to doctors? When did you go to hospital? <laughs> that not, night? No, not for five days. Oh my god! Yeah. So you were just thinking, I, I put my okay. arms out, waiting for them to come yeah. back. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first night, my friends left, and they were like, "You're gonna be good." I was like, "Yeah, I'll be fine. I'll be, I'll be good, good as new tomorrow morning." And then, uh, and then when they left, I rem- I just realized this, I tried to close the door, my front door. And I couldn't lock it. I couldn't literally. I couldn't turn the key. I tried for like twenty minutes, and yeah. then I thought, you know, I forget. It. I left it, so I left it open, and then I wanted to go to the toilet, and I couldn't undo. You know, like I had tracks at bottom, but I couldn't undo undo the string. And I tried. I tried, but I was holding it for so long. Yeah. Then in the end, I ended up soiling myself. Wow. My feet were bleeding. The back of my neck was bleeding. My finger also was bleeding. And uh, going to the bathroom, couldn't literally couldn't do anything. So there's even now I haven't managed to clean it up, but there's dry blood everywhere, all over my place. Oh! And then in the end, I was like, okay, you know, let, I'm just gonna go to bed, wake up fresh. I went to bed and woke up, and under the light of day, because it was I didn't have electricity in the house, but under the light of day, you see the mattress covered with blood oh. and uh, piss, basically. <laughs> no pretty way to say it. Uh, blood and piss and then the bathroom is just a state and my hands were still in the same way and I thought okay well it was a big wait for a long time it's probably yeah. normal and so, uh, I like how you waited four more days before going to doctors yeah. well basically I, one thing you have to understand I hate doctors I okay. hate going okay always hated it yeah and uh, I mean I give myself concussion in the past by myself training yeah never went I got run over by how a did, car. How did you give yourself? I feel like there's a good story there. Yeah, because And I wanted to get onto this in a little yeah. bit because you do a lot of training with uh, axes yeah. and hammers, I, shields I, I and stuff like an that. So, yeah, <laughs> so when you say I gave myself a concussion, yeah. if I was talking to a normal person, I'm thinking they walked into a wall yeah. or something like that, yeah. stupid, or they fell over, yeah. tripped over. Yeah. With you, I'm thinking that you might have hit your head in, yourself in the head with an axe. or Not, not far off. Okay, not cool. What off. did you do? Basically, I had a... Somebody, uh, I requested for someone, a metal worker, to make for me like a, a ball and chain mace. A flail? Like a, yes. Okay. Yeah. So the ball itself. Oh my God. A bo- the ball itself weighs eight. Still at home now. The ball itself weighs uh, eight kilos. Yeah. And then heavy. there's a chain. And basically, I've, I've been oh, training. With, I've been training with it, to be honest, for probably about two weeks and it was okay thank god you didn't put spikes on them man yeah, no. we wouldn't be having this conversation no. No, no. <laughs> but i trained with her for a couple of weeks no problem and then i think the problem because i respected it you yeah know? and then and once I you think got the complacent problem, 
I, the problem is I got comfortable with it, yeah. and I was training in the. I was by myself training in uh, Shoreditch Park. Yeah, and uh, I was just there swinging it, and everything was working so good that I was like, I went almost into a, like, a, like a trance, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm just gonna let it flow, kind of thing. Oh, and the worst thing you can do when you're swinging something like that. Is develop slack yeah. in the chain. Yes, yes, yes. Because you develop slack, then in you the lose chain, control. Of you it. don't know where yeah. the ball is anymore. Yeah. You know, and so I developed some slack on the chain, and I remember distinctly feeling wow. this is not good because <laughs> I don't know where the ball is now. You know, and and then literally the lights went off, and that's all I remember. Oh man! Basically, it hit me. I think at the back of the head somewhere, and I was on the floor. And the next I remember is this woman was hovering over my head. Was like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" Yeah. And I woke up and I was just kind of like in a daze. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And I hung around for a little bit. And then I went home and I thought I was okay. But then I noticed bright lights going out at daytime yes. would hurt. Yes. Not hurt, but it was just Photo aggravated. Yeah. yeah. And I had headaches for about a couple, or two, three weeks. <sighs> That's a bad concussion. Yeah. And, That's a uh, bad concussion. And so basically, yeah, just kind of like. You didn't go to doctors for that? No. Oh, mm. man. I don't go. Like even when I've cut myself so many places with axes. And generally, what I do is like have you ever thought it, about um, super glue? Have you ever? <laughs> no, I super glue everything, man. <laughs> I got glue everywhere in my face. Richard, I got super have you ever thought about maybe blunting your axes before? No, you... <laughs> no, <laughs> Just doesn't have the same appeal, right? Well, the thing is, is I think like if it was blunt, I would respect it less. Yeah, you know? probably cut yourself even more. Yeah, whereas you know, so it's. I mean, yeah, no, it's just, uh, just a it's bit, a nothing, lesson. Nothing a bit of super glue yeah. can't fix. Yeah, I mean, generally, <laughs> I've been fortunate. None have been too bad. You know, mostly it's just like... <laughs> you know, I think this one's probably the worst We're going to agree to disagree, man. But, yeah. You hit yourself around the head with a, with yeah. a mace is pretty bad. Yeah. With a flail is pretty bad. Okay, so, so, so you finally decide, you give up. Yeah. And you think, this is really bad, I'm going to yeah. go to doctors. Well, my mum told me. She okay. was like, yeah... She, because I initially I said I think I need to go to the GP. Mm. She was like, no, no, go A and E. Like you need to go A and E. And so I, my father took me. We went to the. I guess a &E. they they did a scan straight away. Uh, the next day, the very okay. next day, they booked in an MRI. Yeah. And uh, and they were like, honest, you have fucked yourself. Prior to up. that, everything seemed fine. They didn't yeah. seem too stressed. What did what did they, what did they think it was? I guess doctors have a do a pretty good job of kind of maintaining mm. calmness yeah. even if they think it could yeah. be something really yeah. bad because yeah. you don't want to really yeah. you don't want to start uh yeah, scaring people yeah. and kind of getting all this hysteria but um what did they say when you you said what you did and the symptoms that you uh, had like what was the reaction to that well initially the first thing everyone ever why why yeah yeah and, I, and then i explained you know raising money but also you know the you know to basically to discover myself to test myself mm. You know, and to prove to myself, you know, what yeah. I can, what I'm able to do, and uh, and yeah, and generally, I mean, they didn't. I I feel like before the scan, nobody thought it was too serious because I wasn't in pain. Mm. I was able to move my neck, wow. and it caused me no pain whatsoever. The only thing was couldn't move my hands, and I had no sensation of touch. And uh, and then it was fine. The next day we went in for the MRI, and we did the MRI. And literally, we're in the waiting room, just waiting. My dad's on his phone. I'm on mine, like that. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's literally the nurse running, really? and she takes me to uh, to the little cubicle. They put me down. They made me lay down, and they put a brace to my neck. Within an hour of that, they put me on a spinal board. The ambulance came, drove me to <laughs> Queen Square, and within a couple of hours from there. The doctor came 
and said we're operating at midnight. Wow. And I was like, I mean, the thing is That's crazy. All of this is happening so quick. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, wait, I came I didn't even know I needed I an walked operation. in here, everyone was cool and now yeah. you're running around, you put in a neck I didn't brace. Even need, I didn't think yeah. I needed an operation. Now you're telling me you're gonna operate in a couple of hours. Yeah. I was like, I need time to think and he said the time to think is is gone, you know. It's wow. like you basically you need this operation. He said if unless you get this done the chances of you getting worse are very likely. Yeah. And uh, and so basically I said, So what, what did they, what would happen? Is that like you're going to lose full use of the arms? Or? He said, essentially he said that it's, it maybe it could get worse. It could, generally, you know, doctors always avoid telling you this is what's going to Specifics, yeah, yeah. Because they don't know and they don't want to risk a lawsuit and things like yeah. that. But essentially it was like, look, any, if you have any, you know, idea that you think that you somehow this is going to heal by itself. He said, while that disc is pushing into yeah. your spinal cord, not. nothing can improve. Mm. So essentially it was like, look, you need to, you need to tell me what you want to do. And I said, okay, well, I need some time to think, you know, I can't just make a decision like that. So he said, uh, so I asked him before that, I asked him, what are the risks? And I wish I'd never asked. You know? Oh, they have to tell you all of them. Oh my god! I mean, he's, there's always like, oh uh, yeah, there's a one in a hundred thousand chance you'll yeah, die, and yeah. yeah. I mean, the risk he said it was one was uh, that they might mess up, cut certain stuff, and you might need a what do you say, a tracheotomy? Yeah, where you, yeah, yeah, where basically yeah. I breathe and talk through the, my throat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, so that's the uh, that. the Darth Vader sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Two was a uh, complete paralysis, you know, and. Uh, and it's some other There's stuff. scary, scary uh, exactly. possible side effects. Yeah. So I'm there thinking of this stuff, and I was like, okay, I can't just make it on the spot. I was like, just give me some time. And he said, okay, I'll give you 20 minutes. Fuck. So he left, and I had my mom there, my auntie. They don't speak English, mm. and they're worried, mm. and they ask me all these questions, and I'm trying to be calm from them. Yeah. But I'm almost worried myself. You You're know? freaking out a little bit at this yeah. point. So, so at the end, I'm thinking, and I, and I just made the, and at the end, you know, I thought to myself, I, I kind of, I thought, okay, you know what, just embrace it, embrace the fact, you know what, let's just say I'm going to be completely, I tried to imagine the worst possible yeah. case scenario, and I was like, okay, make that a reality, and just try and envision a life yeah. with that, can I do something, can I, and so I just imagined that, and I, I sent a couple of text messages to some friends, because I didn't know what, how, what state sure, I'm going to gui- be after. Guidance or? No, just literally one. I owe some money to. And I was like, bro, just sell the equipment in my place. Yeah. And just, you know, keep in the case, money. In case I'm... I don't know what could happen. Uh, but that's yeah. the point. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, this is probably, this, this, that would have, that was the biggest operation I've ever had. You know what I mean? That's going to, that major is a surgery. big operation. It was, I think it was six, six and a half hours. It's yeah, a long time. So it's a major operation. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So... I just thought, you know, as much as I can from here, try and clear all the slate, you know. So mm. address that. I wanted to speak to my sisters who don't li- who didn't who don't live in the UK, mm. but I couldn't reach them. So I contacted him. I had a friend of mine who's helping me with Black Vikings, and I just told him, look, in whatever manner you can, just carry on. If I can't carry it on, just take it forward. Use this and push it forward, and that's it. And then the doctor came. And I said, okay, just do it. You know, whatever happens, happens. And um, yeah, and then uh, and then the dignity started to go. And that's what that's what you know. Like, have you ever been to hospital? Yeah. Right. It's like I mean, I had people inserting fingers into places. Mm. You know, like uh, I had the 
you know, nurse. I, I mean, I couldn't use my hands, so even I couldn't go toilet by myself. Yeah. So they had to assist in everything, and it was hard because um, I'm quite an independent. This person. was before the surgery. No, this was or immediately before afterwards. the surgery. Before, before the surgery and after, yeah. Yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But I couldn't no longer. I couldn't go toilet. Yeah. They had to check because it's the spine. They have to check that obviously everything running along yes. that line yes. is not affected. So they had to check my back passage. They had to check all manner of things. And yeah. We're talking like, I mean, at one point I remember there was six nurses who had to turn me because I was on a spinal board yeah. to wash me before the operation. Wow. And then the doctor inserted his finger. I was like, can you feel it? Mm. I was like, yeah. And all these nurses, you know, young looking nurses. Mm. So it was like, I don't know, it was hard for me. Yeah, know? it's tough. And, uh, and then, yeah, let's... Then, yeah, the next thing I know, being wheeled in, went into the operation. And then luckily, I mean, I'm I'm under anesthetic. So it lasted, you know, like that. They put me. you out, count down yeah, from 10. Yeah. And you wake and up and you got yeah. you got yourself a new neck. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And then I woke up. I was in, uh, I was in a, the, the, actually, I woke up in a different ward. Yeah. I was in the me, the head trauma ward, but then I woke up in the spinal, mm. spinal ward. And then, yeah, I was there for like... And I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. So people had to. So immediately me. afterwards, did you feel anything in your hands? Did that? Nothing at all. Wow. Still couldn't move my hands. My left arm. So it didn't feel. There wasn't an instantaneous. No. no, but they said there wouldn't be. Okay. And uh, it takes time for nerves to heal. Yeah, very long. And my left arm recuperated a lot quicker than my right. Yeah. So I was eating from my left hand, but I couldn't bring the spoon all the way up. So I had to come down, you know, all the way to the food. But generally in the beginning, it was uh, everyone was feeding people, were feeding me the nurse. Yeah. I had to go to the toilet. They had to wipe my butt. Yeah. They had to wash me. And it was just hard to relinquish, right. you know, that independence. Like, yeah. You know, like you don't even, you take for granted. You oh, know? yeah. Like I just do those tasks without even yeah. thinking, you know. And now all of a sudden I'm like, the nurse is busy. And I can't wash. Mm. And I was like, it was, I can't brush my teeth. Mm. You know, and it's just, I found that hard, you know. Yeah. No, you know, recovering, I've, I've had a few surgeries. Mm. Um, and it is this weird thing where you go from being strong, yeah. capable, yeah. you know, you don't need anyone yeah. to do anything. Yeah. You can do anything yeah. you want. You know, you've just walked, you mm. just walked a railway sleeper yeah. over your shoulders across yeah. London barefooted, you know, to go from a place of such achievement and power mm. to it's a really humbling experience yeah. to uh you know i've never had any any anything anywhere near as bad as what you had mm. um but i had shoulder surgery and you know mm. I, I was in a lot of pain mm. people had to wash me you yeah. know i yeah. could just i got very good at wiping my ass with my left hand nah. <laughs> uh but people had yeah. to wash me i couldn't drive i yeah. couldn't do anything uh for a while you know and it, mm. and it is a humbling experience but um i get it, did you did you feel like all of this surgery and rehab was mm. all still part of the death march i thought to be honest that was the that was the saga yeah the saga wasn't me carrying the sleeper saga was me recuperating yeah. even now it's still that that's the saga you're still in the middle of the death march yeah because you know like uh, you know like I, I said before there's so many things that i look back that i've said mm. and i don't know if at the time I understood the implication of what mm. I was saying, but only now it carries a certain weight, you know. And, mm. and there's a thing that I said where, you know, only when you're stripped of everything that you that you build your confidence on, yeah, only when that is stripped away, 
can you really see who you are underneath? And did you, you know, feel meaning, like that was you in the hospital room? Yeah, stripped because all of a sudden, bro, one thing I was never had, you know, I was never a rich man. I was never, like, you know, one thing I had was my fitness thing. I was strong, mm. I could move, I could do things. And all of a sudden, now that's taken away. Reinvent yourself. Who are you now? Mm. You know, so deep inside, I had to search, what am I now? Wow. You know, I can't do things that I could do before. You know, all of a sudden, I'm walking down the streets, people are barging me, and I'm flying off to the side. And I was like, okay, that's not you anymore. What is, what's going to happen? And and that's been the hardest part, you know. But but it's happened to me before. So And I came back from that. I was run over about probably eight years ago. How bad? Uh, well, I mean, pretty bad. It yeah. got to, the injuries got worse as I went through. Wow. But towards the end, I couldn't walk for long periods. I couldn't stand for for longer than like an hour. And I mean, it became bad. It yeah. limited a lot of movements. For initially, I, I was wrestling when that happened, and I kept up with the wrestling. And then it just kept getting. What happened? You were crossing the street, or basically, you know, it's a I was on uh, Hollywood Road, yeah, and I was riding down from Archway. You on a bike? Uh, on a bike, pedal yeah. bike. And I was riding, but I don't know. Call it luck. Call it misfortune. But basically, like, there's so many lights, and I've kept hitting green lights. Mm. Kept hitting green. So I just picked up all this speed, you mm. know, picking up, picking up. Got down to Highbury, and uh, the bike, which had been giving me problems, but the chain just kind of stuck, and just literally, just as I pedal went like that, and I just went over the handlebars, it just felt like the whole thing stopped. Went over the handlebars. There was a car behind me, which hit the brakes, but it went over the bike, and then went over my leg. Oh. I think it went over my leg. But uh, yeah, and then literally I was on the floor, people stopped, everyone stopped. And uh, yeah, they they picked me up and I, I puked. And then they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I picked up my bike and from Highbury, walked down to, to Old Street. And I got home, I was with my girlfriend at the time. And then I walked in, literally just went straight to bed, fell asleep. And yeah, and to be honest, I thought I was okay. I didn't have... Too bad a pain. Didn't believe it or not. No blood, nothing like that. So I thought maybe I'm okay. I got lucky. This is Klaus not wanting to go to the doctors again. Yeah. <laughs> any reason. Not to so I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm, I escaped it. Yeah. Know? So I kept training, kept doing stuff. And then, yeah, it just started getting worse. Like I'll get little pains here, little pains there. And then I found like there was a list of exercises that kept getting bigger and bigger, movements that, you couldn't that do. I could no longer do. And it just kept getting increased. That list kept getting bigger. So and you bigger. were getting worse? Yeah. What, what was the what was the injury? I have no idea to this really? day. You, did you never go to doctors hips. or? I went to physios afterwards yeah. when it became too bad. I became to I went to physios, chiropractors, uh, biomechanics. You know, like biomechanics. Mm. So many people, and to be honest, most people wouldn't didn't know. You know? Yeah. So at the end, I kind of like it got to the point that I was like I couldn't do stuff, and I was like, okay, if I'm just I was getting you know out of shape. I was like, I can't carry on like this. I have mm. to find something. Yeah. So basically, essentially, what I was like, okay, if I can't do these movements, then I need to find stuff that I can work with. Mm. So I started creating my own movements, and I found that I could do them. It didn't cause me pain. And that's how really all the birth of all the black biking movements came. Because Really? Yeah, because I thought if I can't follow, you know, the... the conventional. The conventional stuff that worked. Yeah. For, it did work for me prior, yeah. but it no longer works. Well, then I need to find something else. Otherwise, I'm just going to perish. So had you never uh, 
had that accident and had I that injury. I would never would have bothered. I would never would have bothered. I mean, I looked good enough, you know, doing conventional stuff. I was in shape, looked good. You know, I was strong. I could do stuff. Do you see that as a blessing then? You know, I, I always Or just a like, diversion in your path? I can only, I it's hard only, to see only get run over answer, as a blessing, doesn't it? <laughs> I think I will only be able to answer that question when I'm an old man, looking okay, back. Okay. When I see the pick, the full picture in its totality. Yeah. At the moment, I'm judging it from this exact moment. Yeah. But I don't know what comes before it or after, what mm. comes afterwards. So I would say, the, you know, there's, there is no good luck or bad luck. It's just things that happen. It's what you make of it. Yeah, because everything leads you into a different path. Mm. But I mean, the crucifixion, for example, it's, yes, it appears like a bad thing, but it's awoken me to a lot of different things. It's made me braver into things that I want to do, into what I want from life. Yeah. You know, and so in that sense, it has to be a good thing. So yeah. Who knows? So how's your recovery going from the crucifixion? How's your arms doing now? Uh, a lot better. Yeah. But, uh, I mean... I mean, because you, you were doing... You were in hospital for how long? I was in hospital. Well, I was in hospital for about five days after. Then I was taken to St. Pancras which, which, Rehabilitation which is, Center. And and you stayed uh, as an inpatient? I was at St. Pancras for six weeks. Yeah, doing stay, physio. Stay in there? Yeah, yeah. That oh, was, wow. Yeah, wow. Was, I mean, I was the youngest one there by far. You were in hospital for six or seven weeks? Six weeks. That's a really long well, time. Well, six weeks in St. Pancras and then... Uh, yeah, about that's a, a long time. The, yeah, it's a really long time yeah. to be in a hospital. That's yeah. a that's an and 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 it, it's a, an attestment to how bad the injury was because yeah. they don't want to hold you there for six weeks. Yeah. They want you gone as quickly yeah. as possible. They want to free up a bed. You know, like you know, like when I got there to St Pancras, there was a, like a there'd be s- surgeons, doctors, physios that like, would constantly come to see me, mm. and they said to me like, "You're almost you're like a marvel mm. in the sense that." Normally, with that kind of injury, it would affect your legs. People did not understand why it didn't affect my legs. I said, had it been, had you waited an extra day, had you, you know, uh, had the disc gone in a millimeter further in, because not only would you have been on a wheelchair, but you'd been in a wheelchair unable to use your arms. You know, so, I mean, we're talking that close. And... So yeah, so it was. I mean, it was a wow, serious. Wow, a millimeter away from that, you know, yeah. quad quadriplegia. Uh, Basically, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and when I got there, I mean, you know, and it was hard also because you know, like a lot of people there in the ward where I was in, there's a lot of people with um, like that suffered strokes, mm. you know. But there's, I mean, some people had dementia and other issues as well. And I mean, bro, like as soon as you walk in. The smell of feces, you know, like mm. I got used to it though. That's the thing. After a while, I didn't even smell it. Yeah. But like, uh, but there's people like fighting battles all all over the place, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was hard to get accustomed to that. And then when I did, I was I worried that I became accustomed to it, mm. you know. But when I was there, I tried as as best as I could. I tried to, you know, embrace the struggle again, you know. So I would try and do things for myself, but the nurse is constantly fighting me, you know. Because also when I had there, uh, when I got there, they put me on the wrong uh, uh, painkillers. Mm. So basically, they gave, I was on morphine. Morphine is generally good for general pain, but for nerve pain, it's not. It doesn't do much. And I, I had nerve pain. Yeah. So when I got there, like within, I think two days of me being there, 
I had uh, just like n- a nerve pain kicking. Mm. When I say nerve pain, stabbing, felt, yeah, four stab Fire. wounds, yeah, four yeah. stab wounds across my upper <sighs> back. But it wasn't, you know, like I, what angered me when I was feeling this is there was no pattern, yeah. so I couldn't brace myself, you know, yeah. like it was just incoherent pattern. Mm. And so I got up and I tried to get the nurses to to explain to them, and I just dropped on the floor because every time I got on the floor, normally. You know, being against, you know, away from gravity, it didn't hurt so much. Yeah. But this particular time, it just kept hurting, no matter what I did. So at the end, they had to call the ambulance. They came. They drove me back to UCH. They thought something had gone wrong with the surgery. Yeah. So they wanted to do a scan, but they put me in the in a in a brace, and bro, I was lying there in this brace in a spinal board, and for I like gonna... God for like an hour. Yeah. And my I started pain started coming back. And I, I basically, I moved. You know, I just got, I pulled everything off <sighs> and I got up and that the doctor got pissed off. But I was like, look, I'm in pain. You know, yeah. you have to do something. And so at the end, they were like, look, you're on all the wrong painkillers. So they gave me the uh, painkillers for nerves. And that was and, all good. Uh, they upped the dosage. Yeah. And yeah, they put me on that. And then the pain went. Yeah. And I did that for about three weeks. And then after that, I, by myself, I was like, okay. I need to come off of this. I can't keep taking this. So I went off of it. And they kept insisting for me to take it. And I was like, no, I don't see a reason. I mm. don't have any pain. And I know the side effects and I know. They can, can be happen. really nasty, yeah. especially over long periods yeah. of time. So I got off of them. And then even when I got discharged, they gave me boxes of it, you know. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't need it. They're like, take it just in case. So I took them. I have them at home. I haven't taken a single one. And so far it's fine. Mm. So, so what would you say out of... How long ago was it that you came out of hospital? I came out on the 14th of June. Okay, so a couple of months. Yeah. yeah. And how is the, uh, out of 100%, what would you say your right hand was at now? In terms of sensation, it's probably about 40%. Okay. And in terms of movement, I mean, generally it's good here, overhead, I can't I can't straighten this arm. This one is a lot better. Yeah. I mean even the sensation, the lack of it, the pins and needles is literally just around the thumb, but it's not that much. Mm. Just a little bit here and tiny bit there. I mean this used to be all numb yeah. and it's no longer numb, I can feel. So I mean definitely I've come a long way. And does it does it feel like it's getting incrementally better day by day or I don't know. I yeah. me personally because I'm too close, you know? Yeah. But when people that see me, they're like, My God. Mm. You know, like yeah, well, well even from when I saw you a yeah. couple of weeks ago, you look yeah. a lot better. Yeah. I mean everyone so generally I judge it by how people react to sure. me. Sure. But everyone tells me that it's Do they do they think that you'll make a full recovery? Uh who? The doctor? Yeah. The surgeons? The surgeons ain't gonna I remember the bleakest thing the surgeon told me was uh, you basically have, uh, what do you say, six months. So six months. If of recovery? Get, yeah, after that, okay, yeah. whatever you got, you that's, got, what you, yeah. that's what you're going to be stuck with. So, yeah, because ner- ner- nerve damage can take a really long time to, yeah. to heal. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, even if right now, like, I mean, they always said that the movement will improve. You know, you'll probably come back to full power, but the sensation... It's probably unlikely to improve more than this, mm. you know. But I remember it's funny, but I didn't realize the the importance of this until when I was in hospital. Uh, a girl from Instagram <laughs> called 
contacted me and she was like, oh, I'm coming to see you. So she came anyway. Yeah. And then I asked her out on a date. We went out on a date, had a good day together. And then she went to say goodbye. I went to say goodbye to her. And because I didn't have the strength in my arm, yeah. I went like this and it just dropped right on her ass, you know? And she was like, are you touching my ass? And literally, I was like, I don't even know. That's the best excuse I was like, ever. I, but, the but, next but, time I, I grab like, a girl's ass, you'll be like, oh, it's my shoulder. No, <laughs> like, there's something it wrong landed with the there. She was like, are you touching it? I was like, I don't know. I couldn't feel anything. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't feel anything. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And I mean, it's a little bit better now, but it, I mean, if I had to feel something, I would touch it instinctively now mm, with, the, with mm. the other one. Mm, okay. So I think, I mean... It is what it is. You yeah, know? life writes itself on you. Yeah. So. so yeah. So that, and but then you said you know sort of that's by you doing this by you kind of suffering mm. through the mm. really hard, really nasty injury mm. post uh, this death march, this yeah. crucifixion is where the Black Vikings as a movement has picked up the most amount of traction. Yeah, but it's because you know, like, I mean, when I say traction, I mean even in terms of positive feedback, negative feedback, all of that. Mm. And uh, I mean, I've heard, you know, some people, it is, it, it, I mean, Brian Rose, you know, came and did the documentary and uh, also did the interview for London Real. And I mean, when when would this, uh, be, yeah. even me being here, yeah. even me doing all this stuff, that would never have come in, uh, yeah. never ever happened had I not, you know, shed some blood. Mm. People say, oh, I really cared for it. But if you care for something, then bleed for it. Show mm. me. Show how much, show do you, how want much it, yeah. you really want it. And the thing is, all there's so many people that have criticized me. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid waste of public resources, all this stuff, all this bullshit. And I'm like, all right, let's put this into another way then. So if I was, let's say, if I was in in a jujitsu competition mm. and this had happened, you know, that's acceptable. Mm. Yes. If, if boxers, they've been uh, what's his name? Vinny Paz, Vinny Pacienza. You know, mm. same thing, you know, got paralyzed, full body. Yeah. Did that in a fight. So in a crucible of competition, that's accepted. Yeah. And then if, I don't know, saving somebody's life, that's accepted. Nobody mm. would listen. But me imposing. So it's the fact that I'm imposing that kind of suffering on myself. Mm. That's And that's what I never understood. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, well, you never meant to injure yourself. No, from it, but that's you know? the thing. But people think, you know, I almost went out. And you know, Tried if the point was up, that, yeah. if my if the point was to fuck myself up, you would have. I just I didn't need ten hours to yeah. do that. <laughs> you could have done, done it a lot easier than flat. that. Yeah, could have done it for my flat. Yeah, but the point is, you know, the it was the saga, the journey. Yeah, and unfortunately, it is a fine line. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And um, okay, so let's talk about the saga. So that one was yeah. Death March. Yeah, uh, a saga that we could say that you're still in the midst of now. Well, uh, yeah, in in, yeah. A way. in a way. So. The other sagas, talk me through some of them. Okay, well, there's uh, I did the the second saga was the boneless, which to be honest, I need to revisit because yeah. I only had one attempt. At okay, it. so so what is the boneless? The boneless is basically it's inspired from either either the boneless, uh-huh. and uh, it's basically essentially your legs duct taped together, okay, and you drag a twenty five kilo plate for one hundred and sixty meters, okay, by upper body strength alone, wow. outside. But when uh, I had a few people did that, I had five people that did that. How hard is it? Uh, if you it get sounds, it in the right conditions, sounds, yeah. very hard. They did it in the rain, you know, so it's like mud, yeah. you know, grass. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. But uh, but I want to revisit that. So what would the second one. and third one be? Or? The third saga was uh, the so, so, so the uh, the second of 
so there's three phases of each yes. saga. So yeah. of the boneless, yeah. the first one is the uh, duct tape legs, yeah. 20 kilos. Is yeah. it going to get heavier? Is it going to get longer? I think it'll get heavier or? and it will get longer. Okay. But Did uh, you have like an end goal for what that one's going to be? No. Okay. I will know every, after every attempt, I'll learn a little bit more. So you will just try something more extreme and see how it goes? Yeah. Just basically it's anything, you know, like where it pushes you know like i reach where i reach a point where i'm like this can't be done mm. and then you push from there and that's when it begins yeah. you know because it's the whole is it's the making what seems something when it seems impossible yeah and everything all logic tells you yes this is impossible to carry on from mm. there because only then you know can you grow yeah when you realize something that you'd consider that can't be done you've done it yeah Fair so, enough, not in one piece, but yeah, you've done it. Yeah, yeah. So how long did that 160 meters? Uh, not that long. It took me about, I think, an hour. Okay. Yeah. That's still a long time to be crawling on your belly. Yeah. That's a I long mean, time. Uh, I mean, I remember when I did it, I had my niece. She was there. Yeah. She was watching me. So I couldn't quit. Yeah. You know, because I was like, yeah. you know, she she might not react to it, but that's yeah. a lesson that yeah, she's yeah, going to yeah. pick up. Quitting is okay. Okay. So that was the extra push. You know, yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. But I need to revisit that because it hasn't really developed sure. as much as I want to. So you've got uh, the death march, you've got the boneless, yeah. and then you've got the next one is... The raid. The raid, okay. Yeah. So basically I calculated the distance uh -huh. from London yeah. to Nook. Nook is in Greenland. Okay. And uh, I said, yeah, every day... So that would be uh, kind of through, um, th through England... Well, we did London to Dublin. Uh-huh. Dublin... To Would be Reykjavik. To, yeah, to Iceland. Reykjavik to Nook. Okay. So, and only it's about five million meters. <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, so every day we're going to go on the rowing machine. Initially, my first thought was like, we're going to do it on a, on a, yeah, on a boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend was like, oh, you can't do that. Nah. <laughs> he goes, just start with this and then build it after that. I was like, all right, cool. So, yeah. So, this is machine. phase one of the raid. Well, no, essentially that one is. That, one, that one's done that, in one. Because okay, it's yeah. such. It took, it's so long. It took a year and a half. Wow. It. And there was initially, there was about 19 people went down to initial. At the end, there was about eight people, six, seven, eight people. <sighs> so, and, uh, were you rowing every day? Pretty much. I mean, some sessions, there were some. Five, people, five million meters. Yeah. So, how, do you know how many, how many meters you did? Or how many kilometers you did per person? No, I mean it's generally every, what we did. We set up. I set up a WhatsApp group, mm -hmm. and everybody will put in their meters. Yeah. And so on a daily basis, I would go and take them, subtract the meters away. I how mean, many hours people, of rowing do you reckon you've got in you? Bro, at some point there was one where we did uh, twenty nine thousand meters in one <sighs> in uh, two and a half hours. Yeah. Some people did fifty thousand. Yeah. In one go, I mean there was some that did fifty five. But generally, like, I, and I always said from the beginning, it doesn't matter because I didn't want people to think, oh, I can't do 30. Whatever you can do, just yeah. put it in. Put it, in. it was a group effort, yeah. you know. And, uh, and so at the end, we were left with 500,000 meters. And then my friend of mine said, you know, let's do it for a charity. Mm. Generally, all the sagas are trying to raise money for mm. charity or something. But he said, let's do it for a charity. Yeah. I said, all right, cool, let's do that. So what we did is basically we went to Oxford and uh, yeah, the, a gym hosted us. They set up the machines and we, uh, we did it for a young, uh, a young person's charity. And we said we're going to hit, each of us is going to hit 100,000 meters. <sighs> and there was one guy in the US doing it as well. 
So basically, we started at 9 a.m. Yeah. And we finished about 9 p.m. Just rode for 12 hours straight. Yeah, 100,000 meters. We would do 20,000, five-minute break, 50. So yeah, we kind of broke yeah. it up like that. But until you get 100,000 done at the end. And so we, by the time we finished, it was, I think it was four of us. And that was did. the final bit to nook. That was 4,000. 4,000 wow. we did, 100,000 in uh, America, yeah. in the States. And that was 500,000, which got us to nook. And that was it. That was the end of the raid. That was a long the, journey. Uh, raid. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, then the, that was the third saga. The fourth is the one that I begin at the end of August. Okay. What's that? That's three phases. It's called the, the Lone Saga. The Lone Saga. Yeah. Okay. So basically, essentially, I go to the Arach Alps, which is, which is in Scotland. Scotland. Yeah. And uh, basically, I camp there for f- in each five. Yeah, the first this. phase is five days. No food. Yeah. No, te- no phone, no technology. Although... For posterity's sake, I will set up a GoPro, I'll hit record and I'll leave it there as long as it can capture and then I'll gather, gather the footage afterwards. How? Okay. But that's the One, first phase. I think this is cool. Mm. I do think this is cool. I think mm. I love the idea of uh, being outdoors. I love yeah. the wilderness. Yeah. I love the survival. Yeah. I love everything around yeah. it. Um, but this is this is pretty brutal. Doing five days yeah. uh, in, you know, five every aspect of this is difficult yeah. and you put them all together like yeah. I don't know about you for me five days without technology yeah. th- I need to do that at some yeah. point because I need to kind of yeah. get myself a digital detox I think yeah. they call it um, I definitely need one of those but five days no food no food uh, so are you, are you planning to hunt or no no it's literally fasting just to fast for five, fast, days. five days you have water Yes, I will have water. So I've got, I mean, I've got a, f- a fresh stream or a, uh, some Well, I'm going to have access to a stream. Okay. I'm going to pi- find somewhere with a stream. I have a life straw. Okay. I'm going to have like, I'm also going to bring water purification tablets. Yes. Uh, but generally it's just, I'm going to bring some food to break fast yeah. once I'm done. Okay. Yeah. So that I have the energy to come back. Sure. So but essentially so it's just to, to journey inwards. Yeah. Because be five days of mm. being by yourself. Yeah. Of all of those things not yeah. to have for five yeah. days, the worst one is company. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to well, do. You, think, you know, like every saga is was designed with the specification to meet a particular weakness yeah. that I felt that I had. So with this with the lone saga, I've always thought, you know, like I've always been kind of a solitary person, more by myself than with people. And so and I always I always bitched about it, you know, I was like, oh, I'm always alone, I can't get a girlfriend, all this crap, you know. And then I thought, well, let's test really, how alone have you been? Because mm. I don't think anybody can claim to be alone mm. in a city. Mm. You can't. Because even when you're at your most alone, you have your phone, mm. you have TV, you have distractions, you're surrounded by them. Nobody's ever, I don't think everybody's ever been alone. Mm. So the whole point was, yes, be alone, but that's the first phase, five days. Then in October, go two weeks in the Irish Alps, and the weather changes. In Is October. that going to wait? When? When in? In, in October, October, two weeks. So not long afterwards. Yeah, I come back, and then I do more training, do on fire training, how to start a fire. Yeah. Then I go to, and that's two weeks again without food. No, with food, but okay. I bring limited. Basically, I'm going to try and get sponsored from like you know people Some like ration the army, army rations yeah. type of things, because the aim is not to hunt and things like that. The aim is to sure. delve. Into into solitude, mm. uh, and then in March is the big one, a month, thirty-one days. 
in the average house. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that scares me. That scares me because uh, thirty-one days. Thirty-one days is a long time, you know. But that's a long time. Yeah, but it also excites me, you know. Like the con, you know, like because um, I don't know. I think with everything, the whole of Black Wife, Black Vikings is. I feel it's. I've always said it's more than fitness. Mm. It's a metamorphosis of getting undomesticated. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody, we're all domesticated, whether we realize <clears throat> it or not. You know, and meaning you live in the city. You know, we you're fed. Mm. You know, much like a like an animal in captivity, you're being fed. You know, you're being yeah. conditioned in to think in a certain way. It is not coincidence that most people shy away from risk. It is not by accident. Mm. You have been conditioned that way. You, it's no accident that everyone follows the same set path, you know, get a job, get married. That, and that's that same path because it's the well-traveled path. But it's also the path that is least, least risky. And also it appeals to the society as a whole. But generally what I, what I see, what I want to get I want to relearn the skills that have been lost to us, mm. things that you should know. Every man should know. To be honest, every woman yes. should know. You know, and that's being more in contact with the natural world mm. to be able to survive in that environment if it ever came to. Because believe it, I really believe it will come today. It will return. Could do, yeah. Yeah. And so the, and also to be, be more hardy, be more, yeah. and hardy doesn't mean bigger muscles. It doesn't mean that. It's just more resilient. Yeah. That's it. In all things, you know, yeah. and, and so the, I feel this is what the aim of Black Vikings, because ultimately, after the seven sagas are completed, is the establishment of the of the commune. And when I say commune, I know communes have got bad bad rep over the years, but I don't mean like a cult. I don't mean anything like that. Yeah. But essentially, what I mean is to create a society in which the values that I find work well, a warrior society mean when i say warrior that you live at one with the earth the skills that you want to see in the world yeah. you you start them from young so meaning you know like uh, it is very hard to repair broken men and whatever men are set in the ways and for me to try and teach them a different way it's difficult difficult at, be at best mm. but generally the best thing is start fresh start the the new generation the, and so to s teach them in the ways of the saga to to teach them the skills that have lo that they've they don't know that they've they've lost, yeah, and uh, and through that to grow the Black Vikings commune. So when you say commune, do you mean literally create a society? Yes, I don't want it to be wow. very big, but essentially, you know, like I'm talking minimum. If I in the UK, probably have to be a hundred acres, but I'm thinking more to do it in Africa, wow. but uh, to set up. A community where we everything is grown there. We animals that we farming all that stuff, training, you know, and uh, and to seek the qualities and yeah. uh, and you know more, you know, to be more in contact in contact with the natural yeah. the natural world. So, are you looking to do this in the UK or in Africa? I think it'll be very hard in the UK. There's too many, too much red tape. And also, it's uh, land is very expensive. Here, yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, it would have to be in Scotland or somewhere where land is it's still expensive yeah, but a lot yeah. cheaper, but also cheaper. colder and yeah. a lot colder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you're you're looking to do this in Africa then? 
I fought in Africa, but uh, I'm just not sure at the moment. I fought either between Gambia or Ethiopia. Wow. Ethiopia because uh, my family originates from there as well. So between one or two, west or east. Those really are yeah. big, uh, big, big, yeah. like quite crazy, but also yeah. very yeah. cool ambitions to have. But I think this is an exciting time right now yeah. around the world, meaning a lot of more, a lot more people are, are becoming aware of something doesn't feel quite right, mm. you know, in in the way the world functions. You know, I mean, from everything to globalization and mm. what's happening with it, society as a whole. I mean. You know, with whether people realize it or not, we've moved massively. We're moving massive. We're in a period of transition from democracy into I don't know something else. Mm. And uh, I think uh, generally, I don't know. People want more. Yeah. And I want more. And uh, me going to work, you know, coming home, watching TV, and then going out is just not enough for me anymore. And uh, yeah, so through the sagas, I hope to build wow. Black Vikings. To that, to that level, and then yeah, to create something as big as I can make it. Make it. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. So yeah, you know, just going going back to the Lone Saga. Mm. I don't know enough about um, survivalism mm. and survivalists and stuff like mm. that to know how crazy mm. what you're planning is. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think five days is uh, bad at all. Mm. I think it's doable. I think it's really tough. I think mm. that the toughest thing will be the mm. the the that stimulation yeah. and without mm. company. Um, Thirty-one days, however, is really different. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really rough. Yeah. Like, do you have any history or background expertise in survivalism or none whatsoever? Oh. But I have friends at the moment. I have friends in uh, Oxford, Cornwall. Yeah, that uh, do. Okay, and they've been training me so far. So, what sort of training are you? Have you have you have you tried spending any nights in the wilderness? Yes. Or I went to Oxford recently. Okay, I spent uh, it was only one night in the woods, but basically I just wanted to test how long it would take me to light a fire. Okay, get the tent ready and just be alone. Yeah, are you building and your own um, shelter or do you have a tent with you? Well, I have a what do you call? Uh, I forgot the name. I forgot the name of it. It's like a top, a like tent. a tarp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it. Tarp. So I have a tarp. You can and, just string uh, up. Yeah. Mm. And uh managed to do that. It was okay. The fire took me a bit long. It took me about an hour and 15 uh, minutes. Are we using a... Flint. Uh, yeah. f- uh, stone or no, uh, no, steel? Steel. Steel, yeah. yeah. Steel, but uh, to be honest, I'm going to bring probably three different types of... Uh, obviously, if one doesn't work, you have... Because I don't want to be there struggling to build a fire. The whole yeah. struggle yeah. is supposed to be me being alone. Yeah, yeah. So I will bring alternatives. But generally, I'm, I managed to get as much as I can. I got a few more bits to get, but in whole, I'm pretty prepared. Because you, you said you're doing it end of August. Yeah, but I mean, at the moment, I'm gathering all the equipment for the whole of the free attempts. Yeah. Rather than just thinking of August. Mm-hmm. And as for the food and other things, I'm going to try and get sponsorship. And then once I do, I'm also going to try and do the 31 days I will do for a charity somewhere. <sighs> yeah. So try and. Um, yeah, that 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 will be really interesting. Yeah. I think they've tried to do sort of experiment. Do you know where that you? Do you know where you'll be doing it? Like uh, specifically the location? Or? No, it's the Aritra Alps. So once I get there, basically the problem is it's summer, so I'm expecting there'll be some people around there. 
So I'm going to try and find you'll the most be able to find, ideal. You'll be able to find somewhere out in the highlands sure, somewhere. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to try and find somewhere as isolated as possible. And do you, do you have any, uh, if something goes wrong, are you going to have an emergency backup of any kind? Uh, Radio well, or? Apparently a friend of mine said that you can send a message to, I've got to speak to him about that, but basically. Yeah. You can send an SMS yeah, with your yeah, coordinates. Exactly. Yeah. So make, I mean, do, I have, do make sure you have that. Probably get a flare. Just yeah. In case. Get a um, yeah. definitely have something that if yeah. something goes wrong, yeah, you can yeah. call for help. Because I, I don't think the signal will be very good. There. You need like a GPS phone yeah. or something, yeah. a satellite phone, something yeah. like that. Damn, that sounds that yeah. sounds wild, man. It sounds yeah. very cool. I don't. Yeah. Um, I do a couple of days, maybe maybe twenty four yeah. hours, but yeah. thirty one days sounds. No, do, you, do you have plans to stimulate yourself? Like that's the thing. The whole point. Is the whole uh, point not to? The whole point for the five days is not to, two weeks, I think not to, oh, the 31 one. days, it'll be hard. So I probably, luckily, I have uh, one of my other loves is to write. I love writing, so I probably write a lot. Uh, but yeah, aside from writing, just... Are you not, yeah. are you worried that you might go crazy? I, I don't know if I can go any crazier than this. I don't know, man. <laughs> We might talk in November and you might yeah. have a different uh, viewpoint on that. But... Uh, <laughs> But I don't know. The whole point is, you know, like I, I say to people, if you can ensure, if you can guarantee your own safety, yeah, it is not a fucking risk. Then is it? Mm -hmm. The whole point is to risk. Is I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Anything can happen. That's fair. You know, it could be the death of me. It could be the life of me. But maybe in that death, a new life comes. Anything can happen. I guess uh, society is so used to being safe yeah, that the idea yeah. of taking a genuine risk yeah. is um terrifying yeah. it's uh confusing because mm. people don't understand we live mm. in a society where risks are the word risk is thrown around mm. not particularly accurately mm. you know mm. that the, the, there's a wide spectrum of how much mm. of a risk is could be a risk that you lose mm. a fiver could be a risk yeah. that you die there's a big there's a lot of interpretation in between that so i think uh it's natural for a lot of people to hear something a genuine risk mm. and go but but you might die and you go well you know I yeah we might all die we might die crossing the street you but know, the thing but is you know people say that's a risk but then if you think of it on the flip side if you think okay you going to work every day for your employer mm. okay in the hope that sometime in the future you're going to get a pension and retire. That sounds like a fucking risk to me. Yeah. Is that not a risk? Yeah. The only safety and comfort, you can, the only, you know, assurity that you can build are in the present right now. Mm. You know, and people live for the future. People live for, oh, how am I going to be later on? Yeah. You said you're going to get there anyway. You know, just live for today. Yeah. Do something. Leave some kind of mark on the world, yeah. you know. And so I'm... Uh, Yeah, so I don't expect everyone to understand what I what I'm saying because mm. obviously not everyone is It's out is there. Like it that. is out there. Yeah, but, but that's uh, that's why like yeah. I'm drawn to it personally. Yeah. Like I I really love the mm. idea. I love the idea of you doing mm. it and not maybe mm. me doing it, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do love the idea of yeah. what you're doing. So you got the Lone Saga. Yeah. Uh we've got the raid, we've got the boneless, we got uh, so so we got three more left, right? Yeah. So what are the other ones? Or, or, they get crazier. Oh, they get crazier? Yeah. Okay. The next the then the fifth one I'm buckled it's, in. It's the hard one because it's, the hard uh, one. <laughs> well, it's hard one in the sense of one in effort and two also I'm going to need some money okay. to do, to be able to do it. So it might take a while, but essentially it's uh, it's it's called the Promethean Saga. But essentially the it's the climb saga. Mount uh, Mount Elbrus, which is edge of Georgia and Russia, 
uh, and the climate and essentially it's called the Promethean Saga because in Greek mythology Prometheus was you know the he was a well, titan he, well he gave he gifted mankind with the yeah. gift of fire and the yeah. gods punished Zeus, him Zeus was not happy about yeah. it yeah Bound, bounded him to a rock and a an needle right. would come every day and pick at him so yeah essentially it's to climb Mount Elbrus that's my first attempt okay second um, attempt what? is to climb Kilimanjaro okay third attempt is to climb Everest <sighs> so it would take money yeah. It would take also money, not just my effort, but also money. Yeah. So it would take a while. Uh, then the sixth saga is the the suffer saga. So basically, <laughs> if the rest weren't yeah, enough of a I suffering am, already, but essentially it's to suffer for one thousand hours for the benefit of others, and so essentially is you know it's to explore. I'm gonna with it because it's quite wide. I'm gonna explore things that sc- that have scared me or things that I avoid, which is swimming running and essentially whatever i do so let's say i run a marathon it takes yeah. me eight hours you take eight hours out out of 1000 yeah and you carry on until from 1000 you come down to zero yeah so that could take years mm. you know and then that leads on to the seventh one which is the most ridiculous one which is basically because it's ridiculous because i have no background in boxing oh yeah i've heard this yeah yeah, yeah. The box 100 consecutive rounds against different opponents so i will round being three minutes yes so i will so start training now so five, about hours five hours without, without without breaks about five hours so are you are you planning to do it without no with breaks okay with one minute breaks or with with probably, so breaks longer at different periods probably probably longer than one minute I yeah think. yeah but yeah so it's to do that i mean i don't know like the boxing the longest that is i think the longest one the longest bout was 111 rounds. Yeah. They used to just fight until someone, they used yeah. to fight until someone quit yeah, or was basically. And that went on for like 111. It only stopped because they couldn't come out of their corners, both Damn. of them. So the ref was like, okay, it's over. Wow. But I mean, these were professional yeah, fighters, yeah. you know. So I don't know if I will complete uh, all 100 rounds, but that's not the point. The point is you trying, you mm. giving it your best effort, and there's nothing wrong with it if you don't manage to do it, but it's the pursuit. Of something great. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's um. That's, yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. They are really cool, and yeah. and I, I I just I love the idea of uh, adventure. Yeah. And and kind of getting out of your comfort zone, yeah. and that's kind of what your entire philosophy yeah. is built around. Uh, but then kind of creating a narrative between all yeah. of them. You know, it's it's the the fact that they're sagas. This almost reminds me of. The twelve labors of Hercules. Yes, exactly. You know, yeah. where yeah. Uh, you know, you, you know, you have the hero's journey. Yeah, you heard of that, yes. uh, Joseph yeah. Campbell, where yeah. you know you had the fight through that yeah. adversity and come out the other side, and you have that on so many different levels yeah. with the sagas that you're doing. And yeah, some of them are ones that you can do yeah. theoretically in not long. Yeah. You know, even your your the yeah. crazy loan saga can yeah. be done by the end of the year, maybe. Yeah. And then other ones like so, climbing three giant mountains yeah. and yeah, you know, going to take but a little also bit longer. Find, you know, that means that tests of not just your resolve your physical strength some are just tests of commitment yeah you know I mean, you're still going to be endurance and commit and commitment down for doing this in five years time exactly mm. you know so like i said i might be i'm 40 41 now mm. by the time i finish them i don't know i might be 55 wow. 60 you know but it's a, there's no i haven't put a time limit on it yeah the whole point is you know, change and that could happen because also there's things happening within my life yeah. that I'm reacting to. I'm trying to get strong again. So I don't know how long it will take, but I, 
the most important thing is that I finish them. Yeah. When I finish them, not so much. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. Mm. And uh, so, you know, something that you said earlier that I wanted to ask about, mm. you know, and, 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 and I do agree with it. I do love mm. how you say it, which is people want to be a warrior. People mm. want to be this and that in mm. their workouts. But mm. then you, you think that they should be taking that outside of the mm. workouts. If you want to be a warrior, it's about the lifestyle instead of just the way that you work out mm. or the way that you fight or whatever. Mm. So I wanted to ask you, what you do you, do you have like a, a warrior's code or do you have a set of rules that you follow or that you believe indicates what a, a, a person should be or what a warrior should be or what a black Viking should be? Do you, do you have that? I mean, generally it's, you know, like it's in the, in the embracement of struggle and embracing things that are, the harder way of doing things you know so for example because you know i wrote a piece of text of while meditation where i said that uh, you know the city is is littered with convenience mm. Littered, it's literally everywhere yeah and for you if you want to it's very hard on a warrior because for for him to be a warrior now is it's not just the act of what he does but it's through what he must avoid in order to remain that so not just acting but also but denying the action being imposed on you. Mm. So if you're going in the tube, something as simple as going in the tube, you've got a choice. And people make these choices every day. Mm. Some realize it, some don't. But you've got an escalator and to your stairs. right, and you've got a stairs here. Do you, Instinctively, always, do you always take the stairs? Most times, I yeah. always do. Sometimes I'm in a hurry, and yeah. I, if I walk up the escalator, I'm a lot quicker, yeah. so I will go there. But generally, you look... Always look. Yeah. I guarantee you see one or two people. I always look at those people. Yeah. I always look at them because I think, wow. The only the only yeah. time I take the well, I take the stairs sometimes, but the yeah. only time I always take the stairs is that one station. I can't even remember what it is. That's yeah. got like three hundred yeah. goddamn stairs. And I get halfway up and I think, yeah. oh man, what am I doing? Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit fun. Yeah. But the thing is, then I think it's the it's the embracing of all these things. Mm. You know, the realizing how society is set up. Society, this society is not being set up with a warrior in mind mm. it is set up with almost a, a sheep a yeah. Yeah. yeah so everything is littered with ease and comfort so if you want to be a warrior in this kind of society it's going to take constant effort not just in the gym but especially when you leave the gym mm. even you know? more so yes because yeah. really what's, with the gym it's an hour it doesn't yes, matter easy. Yeah. you know I always say to, to even to the guys I train you know and I say I train you for one hour in a day. I'm like, let's say if somebody is a drug dealer mm. for eight hours a day, and then one hour a day, he's a doctor. Yeah. What do you think this guy is? He's yeah. a drug dealer. Whatever yeah. you do with the bulk of your time, that's who you are. Mm. So if you're sitting in an office and you're in this position, and then one hour in the day, you do some training. Yeah. No, it's not going to be, in a, what, what's one hour going to do to eight hours? So that means that if, if that's you, obviously you can't leave your job, but what you can do, you have other bits of time available to you. You've got that free time becomes even more valuable because mm. now you know what you must do, and and you can act a certain way in your job. You know, yeah. if you act yes, with, exactly. uh, you know, if you try and take risks, go outside yeah. your comfort zone, yeah. work hard, you mm. know, be moral, ethical, yeah. whatever. That's something that you can yeah. do. Not I mean, just. I tell you, I worked at Virgin Active, you know, yeah. Morgate. And uh, believe it or not, I worked as a cleaner. I saw nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I used to work as a PT before, and people were like, "Oh, don't you feel embarrassed that you're a cleaner?" And I was like, "No, because I know what my mission is. Mm. Is Black Vikings. Whatever I have to do on the side of that to keep that vision going, yeah, doesn't matter." But uh, I worked as a cleaner there, and um, 
we had to change. We had to uh, fill the uh, the bin with towels and take them downstairs to the lift. And now everybody took the lift. I was yeah. the only one that I put, put them all in bags and carry them. And they're like, but you know, the lift works. And I was like, I know it works. Like, but why do you do it? Why? Mm. It's one floor. Mm. It's one floor. And although it looks like, oh, but it's hard. But why? It's making me stronger with every step. And it's just embracing just the harder thing of doing, mm. of doing things. Just because it's hard, it does not mean it's bad. Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I would tell people. Yeah. Awesome, man. I love it. Mm. So people are listening to this they want to mm. become a black viking mm. um how do they do that and tell everyone start by taking a cold bath every day for free uh, for a month so then, it, it, then call me again is it is it okay so is that what it is? is is it i guess i'm trying to find out what what is black vikings is it is it purely just a movement is it something that anyone can do just by following you and taking the ideas that they hear you preach, that mm. you hear you put out and trying to put that into their own life? I think essentially, like I said before, nobody, even me in that sense, I'm not, but nobody can be a black Viking until they've okay. completed the sagas. Okay. But the journey can begin by beginning the sagas. Sure. But even, you know, in terms of, um, of the, you know, the mantras living, by by the you know taking on struggle mm. and suffering you know which you do through the service yeah. and understanding that growth can come from that yeah. and understanding that only that only real growth can only come from that from yeah. a pain from from struggle and suffering and once you can understand that and you pursue the sagas then yes the journey to become a black viking mm. begins mm. but um yes movements is also part of it but i mean you can train in your own way the main thing is the sagas, mm. because you must understand that if uh, if we say the black Viking is here, and you are here, how are you going to go from here from here? Is is the sagas? That's yeah. what's going to take you through. But I I know that obviously in terms of a a business perspective, it's not yeah. a very successful yeah. way because obviously who has the commitment to go through all that? But the whole point is. Black Vikings is not for everyone, yeah. you know. I mean, most people will just kind of like the ideology, might wear the T-shirt, yeah. you know, rep it a little bit, try some of the movements. But most people won't have the commitment, you know, to go through that. It's the same with jiu-jitsu. Most yeah. people will, will try a couple of classes, but who's got the commitment to go from white belt all the way down to the end? Yeah. And this is what I wanted to do with the Black Vikings is... I looked at jujitsu and I looked at all the grading, you know, mm. and I thought, you know, everything is given too quickly, too easily in society. So I created patches, mm. you know, for all the sagas. So all the patch, all the sagas, okay. you do a saga, you get. Yeah, I saw some of them. They look yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so obviously, as soon as you've done it, I mean, I'm going to be tattooing the ones that I've earned on my back. But, you know, if some people might want, don't not want a tattoo, mm. they want it, a patch so you can get that. Mm. But essentially, you have to go through all of them. And once you've gone through all of them, you've got all these patches. Yes, you're a black Viking. But mm. then, guess what? By then, you will have pride for mm. those patches because you know what you have to give to it. And yeah. this was the whole point. Yeah. Mate, I love it. Klaus, it's mm. so good to speak to you. And uh, mm. I'd love to chat to you again. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe in six months or a year's time no worries, once no. you've gone through a few yeah. more i'd like yeah. to hear how the rest of your rehab's gone with the arm Ooh. i'm really interested about how the uh this the lone saga is going to go yeah. and um 
Yeah, yeah man, be interesting, I, I just right? love I love the yeah. ideology around that. Uh, yeah. You kind of said it, you know, they love the ideology, but they're probably too scared to do it. That's probably where yeah. I fit in. Yeah. Uh, but I just love the idea and I hope, you know, yeah. I've definitely taken some inspiration. I'm going to I'm going to run myself a cold bath tomorrow morning. I'm going to jump in it. I'm going to text you tomorrow morning and with me, picture of me in that, uh, in, in that cold bath. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing that you can take from you is just embracing the struggle yeah. and embracing suffering. I think that is yeah. something that everyone can do. And it does, you, you know, when, when you lift weights, mm. you train yourself to be able to lift weights better. Mm. You know, yeah. when you do jiu-jitsu and you wrestle men, mm. you train yourself to be able to wrestle other mm. men in the future better. Mm. When you put yourself through suffering, mm. you're training yourself to be able to put up with suffering exactly. again in the future. Um, so I think it is something of huge value. And uh, mm. I love the way that you're going about it and the narrative that you're putting mm. on it as well so i really thank appreciate you, you coming and chatting to me and thank you, for I really, me, I, you know generally definitely want to have you on again to talk yeah, about yeah. uh maybe next year after you've done the loan sagas and no i'm gonna keep following you anyway i should be done by march well awesome, april man. awesome mate. april yeah done. absolutely yeah. i look forward to it yeah. and best of luck with with your, the rest of your thank recovery you. and uh, all the other stuff that you're doing thank you. much man. love brother nice cool brother that is it, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you want to find out more about Klaus and the Black Viking movement, then follow him on Instagram, which is at Black Vikings London. Uh, if you want to follow me or the podcast, then as usual, you can find me at Raspberry underscore ape on Instagram or Twitter, mainly on Instagram, though. Uh, you can also now go and follow, which I highly advise you to do, uh, go and follow um, the podcast instagram which is at raspberry ape podcast if you want to go and watch this any other podcast or any other videos that i have out then you can check out my youtube page which is youtube.com forward slash raspberry ape um you should subscribe to the podcast on anything that you want to subscribe on be that spotify soundcloud itunes stitcher or anything else you want to listen to it on uh what else is there that's about it really if you want to email me you can email me at podcast at raspberryape.com go to my website which is raspberryape.com that is it guys hope you enjoyed this one and i will catch you next time take it easy